is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Never too early for sleepers, breakouts, and busts. You can go to the website and check out Jamie's first edition of each category. And today we're talking sleepers on the podcast. Woo! Welcome back from a three-day weekend. I'm all fired up. You had Rested. a three-day weekend? Yeah, we all had a three-day weekend. It was President's Day. Uh, no. Where were you? I was working. Well, you know what, Jamie? You worked my, so hard. My, my kids had school. You Really? Yeah, they had a makeup day from the hurricane. You worked so hard, you deserve a month off. A whole month? You, I'm gonna get him, I'm gonna give that to you. All I gotta do is get us through this That's last podcast. That's so nice of you. You, sir, get a month off. I, I like how that. Adam thinks he's making this call. <laughs> well, this is, uh, the last podcast for Jamie for a month. For a month. Tell him why! Uh, because our baby is due. And not my baby with you. Or with you, <laughs> Dave. Uh, the podcast baby. Our, We're not gonna tell anybody about our baby. <laughs> Adam's our baby. Um, Yes, uh, we'll be having the baby on Thursday, the 22nd of uh, February. God willing, everything's okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will be taking some time off. 2.22. Easy 2-22. to remember. Easy. Very easy to remember. Yep. Let's hope it's at 2.22 p.m. Uh, let's not. No? No. It's a, Earlier? It's, it's planned. It's, uh, okay. Yes. So we'll, we'll, we'll know what time it is. Okay. Well, why don't you start it at like 1 o'clock and then whatever. I don't know. Okay. So anyway, uh, we're going to get a lot for Jamie here. And when he's gone, we get to talk about his breakouts and busts behind his back, which is terrific. But today we'll do sleepers. Some of them, I won't go through everyone, but I plan to talk about Mariota, Mahomes, Devontae Booker, Marlon Mack, Cameron Meredith, Sterling Shepard, and a couple of tight ends. It's pretty. It's most of the list, but not all of it. How about this? Cameron Meredith, you may have forgotten, he had six games in 2016 with nine or more targets. He scored double digits in standard scoring leagues in five of those six games. He had four 100 receiving, 100 yard receiving games in those six games. Pretty cool stuff. So he's on the list. Uh, but we'll get to that in a second. We also have to talk about Doug Martin. And here we go. Email of the day is from Craig Walker in Newfoundland. Fantasy football at CBSI.com is the email address. Craig says, where's a good landing spot for Doug Martin? And will DeMarco Murray be cut? Welcome to the XFL. (laughs) (laughs) He'll get a job before then. No, he won't. Yeah, he will. Someone will sign him. It's going to be a veteran minimum deal. He'll be a part-time player. It almost doesn't matter where where he'll go because I don't think fantasy owners are going to be excited about him. Ideally, if you really wanted to find a good for fantasy landing spot for Doug Martin – he goes to a place like Seattle where they have open competition Ugh, they just for every team every Eddie year. Lacy. If he's cheap, they'll bring him in. They'll kick the tires. Ugh. He's got a connection what? in Denver. What if he goes to the Colts? Ugh. It, listen, I could name any team, and Jamie's going to make this noise. Yeah, it's true. No. Yeah, no, name a team where you won't make the noise. The XFL. The XFL. Okay. I, can you the name CFL? any teams? They don't have teams yet. Uh, so the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? Uh, look, I feel bad for Doug Martin. He, he – uh he probably still had something left in the tank before his, you know, addiction situation a couple of years ago. But this is what happens at this position. These guys fall off a cliff. This is a guy who has two 1,400-yard seasons. I mean, that's really just an interesting career. Two great seasons, four four bad seasons with less than 500 rushing yards. So he's off the fantasy radar for now. Uh, the second part of the question was, will DeMarco Murray be cut? And, yes, we expect that to happen. 
Where where do you think a good landing spot would be for DeMarco? Somewhere where he could be a third down back, which is where I think that's the remainder of his value at this point. Somewhere where so? he can catch passes, get 40 catches a year. You think he's just done being great? He should retire. He could go to Seattle. <laughs> retire. <laughs> you go to Seattle. Everybody's going to Seattle. Everybody. I don't want anybody to go to Seattle. I like Chris Carson. Uh, another, I don't know what I'm saying that for. Another part of this is Peyton Barber. Uh, any interest in him? No. Okay. He, you know, he, he if, finished, if, finished fairly strong. If he ends up as the starter there, but that's such a stretch. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they, they're going to address that position. They're going to be in the Saquon Barkley conversation, depending on how far he falls on draft day. Okay. Also, um, you know, it's a bit of a dead zone in fantasy football right now, which is why I was so happy that Jamie wrote Sleepers, Breakouts, and Busts. You should have seen the look on your face. Uh, <laughs> just like total relief. You, are, you didn't have to think about what, what we were going to do. What the hell are we going to talk about today? Well, Adam, I just finished my Sleepers. Break- oh, thank God. <laughs> That's actually 100% <laughs> what happened. It was like the best part of your day. I really – I was so embarrassed by our last podcast. Like I didn't have time to prepare for it, the bean boozle thing. By the way, if you didn't hear, I actually did eat one at the eh. end of the show. Uh, no, I ate 95% of it. I don't, so that does not that's qualify That's not the percentage. Uh, yeah. I'll take the under on 95%. No, it doesn't. If you gave your kid food and he ate 95% of it, would you say, oh, he didn't eat today? There's a difference between eating 95% of his food and that's eating 95% of a jelly bean. <laughs> That and also, you did not eat 95% of a jelly bean. No, you chewed on 100% of a jelly bean, and then you spit out like 5%. 35%, dude. All right, well. You couldn't even finish the wimpiest jelly bean in the Bean Boozled box. You could, it was. You could hear it for yourself at the end of um, last show, but it wasn't. It was one of my worst shows. So uh, I was happy that we had something like concrete to talk about, but we'll also talk about some mock draft stuff, some mock NFL draft stuff, and where guys could go and what that would do and just have some fun with it. Here's another email. Email of the day number two is from Tony from somewhere in Kansas. I, not even a clue. Look at that name. S-C-H-O-E-N-C-H-E-N. Shonchen. Why wouldn't you have asked Heath? I don't know. Should have asked Heath. Text, I, I am him. Alright. Uh, the Saved by the Le'Veon Bell song, Saved by Le'Veon Bell song reminds me of a video I saw on YouTube called Sochin, Kansas. <laughs> All right, Dave, please stop. Uh, okay, so anyway, Tony says that the Saved by the Levy on Bell song reminds him of Zach Morris is trash. Have you guys seen Zach Morris is trash? We talk about this yet? No. Oh, no. it's very funny. And you would all like it. If you've seen Saved by the Bell, you'd like it. And people have asked me if I sing the theme song to Zach Morris's Trash, and I don't. But it does sound like the Le'Veon Bell song. Does it just sound like that thing Dave was Zach playing? Morris is Trash. That's what it sounds like. Oh, it's I mean, the theme song, but it's to Zach Morris's Trash. That's all it is. But then it, it goes into – for you to sing. It goes into detail about how horrible of a person Zach Morris is in every episode. Oh, he's, a, the, he's terrible. He's the worst. It's kind of like the Daniel LaRusso thing. And he's like the hero of the show. Yeah. All right, uh, we got other podcasts for you to listen to. They don't talk about Zach Morris's trash, which is a shame. Uh, Canel and Bell is a really good sports talk show that we've got for you. It comes out really early in the morning, too, so that is helpful. We've got In This Corner for wrestling, for MMA, and for boxing. We've got the Sportsline DFS podcast. We've got the Eye on College Basketball podcast, one of the best college, if not the best college basketball podcast in the world. So check it out. Go to cbssports.com slash podcast. Singular, and you can subscribe there. Some more news and notes other than Tampa Bay releasing Doug Martin. We have some Eagles news. They have promoted wide receiver coach Mike Groh to offensive coordinator. 
Doug Peterson is obviously going to run the show, call the plays. But Jamie LeGarrette Blunt says he wants to return. He loves Philadelphia. He called Deuce Staley maybe the best running back coach he's ever had. Uh, he wants to come back. What about Garrett Blunt? I mean, you sign LeGarrette Blunt, you're guaranteed to make the playoffs and probably win a With Super Bowl. With the Super Bowl, yeah. So, look, he, he played really well in the Super Bowl for them. And he, he fills, uh, he fills a role for whatever team he's on as that short yardage, physical type running back, depending on however many carries a team wants to give him. Obviously, he wants to probably establish some roots in his final, what's most likely his final stop as a 30 plus year old running back. But I would like to see them move on from him because I would like to see JHI in a more of a featured role, Corey Clement in a bigger role. You know, maybe they bring back Darren Sproles, which has been some conversation, but. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt staying in Philadelphia would not be the most ideal situation if you like the guys that are already there. The Chiefs signed cornerback David Amerson, former Raiders cornerback. That's a great secondary if they keep Marcus Peters. I, I think Amerson's bad, though. Yeah. That's he was like, good two years ago. He was bad last year. Yeah. And so it's still a good signing for them because they got him cheap. And It's they like a no harm, guy. no foul type of Absolutely. Deal. Yeah, yeah. And now they can move Fuller, who they just acquired in the Alex Smith trade, keep him in the slot. So if you have those three guys plus Eric Berry coming back, that's a tremendous secondary. I would not want to go there if I'm Kirk Cousins to Denver to have to face that team twice. And it's just more bad news for Derek Carr probably, who always seems to have a tough division. Uh, and they might trade Marcus Peters though, right? That's the scuttle That's getting now. out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. AJ McCarron is a free agent. All right. How much worse do you think he'd be than Kirk Cousins? Considerably. Yeah. I would probably put him in the Case Keenum category. Yeah. I'd rather have Case. I'd rather have Case too, but I'm, I'm just looking at it from a guy who has some upside in the right situation. Let's play a hypothetical. Mm. We established Josh Gordon is a top 12 receiver if Kirk Cousins goes to the Browns, right? You said that, I believe, Dave. I did. You top on 15. board? Top yep. 15? Right there. What if AJ McCarron goes to the Browns? Josh Gordon is what? Same. 15. Okay. Right around there. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be. I would be surprised if he was their quarterback for 16 games. This McCarran? is a team that's going to take a quarterback almost anywhere he goes, whether it's Cleveland, Arizona, wherever. Our, our, They're going to draft another quarterback, and McCarron will start four or five games. He'll really? do what Mike Lennon Mike did. And then they, they move, if, if he goes to a team that drafts a rookie, and that rookie is anywhere close to ready, they're going to put the rookie out there. I, I saw from uh, our former colleague who works for the Browns, Nathan Zagura, he said, how would you – he tweeted this out. How would you feel, Browns fans, about McCarron, rookie, Kaiser as the top three quarterbacks for next year? Yeah. I, I don't mind that plan if that's their plan because then you still get a guy for the future. You get a bridge guy, and, you know, you still have Kaiser as the fallback option. But is McCarron Case Keenum or is McCarron Mike Lennon? That would be the fear if you're, I, spe- if yeah. you're spending money on him. Well, I that, think it, all, it probably makes you – it makes it easier to draft like Josh Allen. Who's more of a project? If you have a McCarron, if they draft draft Josh Allen, I wouldn't think he'd play. I don't. I wouldn't think Allen plays the, much. The Browns, if they keep both of their picks, are going to be fascinating. What they do at the top of the draft because they're clearly not taking two quarterbacks. So do they take best player available at one, fallback quarterback at four, or vice versa? You know, they're not going to take two quarterbacks. But I thought about that. Like, what if they did? What not with those two picks. That? Not one with those two. One in four. Yeah, I mean, you, ideally you Why do not, it. Why not, though? Redskins did that. They I, I was going to say, ideally you do it the Redskins. You, you take one in the first round and one later, you know, and, and they ended up with the guy later being good. Uh, by the way, Heath has responded to the uh, uh, question, mm-hmm. and he says, Sconechin. Sconechin, Kansas. But he also said, but I'm awful at that, so I'm sure I'm wrong. Oh, okay. Well, thanks, Heath. 
Um, and the Jets apparently are willing to do whatever it takes to get Kirk Cousins, according to the New York Post. We're talking about $60 million in the first Oof. year. Uh, ESPN said Bilal Powell, another Jets note, is viewed as a complimentary back, perhaps to Elijah McGuire. But the Jets are looking at Kirk Cousins and not so in love with, with Bilal Powell. Not looking at Kirk Cousins, backing up the Brinks truck for Kirk Cousins. Yeah. I, when, when not, he, a, not a great landing spot for him if, if Robbie Anderson's suspended. Fantasy-wise. Even if he's not, it's not a great landing yeah, spot it, it, from fantasy-wise. Uh, of, of the uh, teams that are in the Kirk Cousins uh, rumor mill, that's the worst one. Right, yeah. We're but, hoping for Broncos. I'm fair? hoping for Vikings. Vikings. Oh, Vikings. Broncos. They're like one <laughs> yeah. and one A for me. Yeah, Vikings. But I like Cleveland too. I actually, I think he'd be great in Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland. To me, would, those three are like the tops. I would put those those as the top three. Probably Arizona four. And then who I wouldn't like Arizona. And then the Jets five. Why not? Because their offensive line is in tatters. yeah. No, I, I, their receiving core. I agree, is in but I, I like it better than the Jets though. I don't know if I do. I might take the Jets over Arizona. Okay, uh, well, we're going to talk about Jamie's Sleepers, but it's time to buy some tickets, everybody, and time to save money on the SeatGeek app. Use our promo code. It's FFT. Get 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. The promo code is FFT on SeatGeek. Now, if you've already used the promo code, you should still use SeatGeek because it will still save you time and money. It's still going to get you great prices. I was just actually talking about the podcast, talking about some of our sponsors with my, my family over the President's Day weekend and my brother-in-law said he uses SeatGeek every time he needs tickets, and I told him about it a couple of years ago. He goes to a lot of Florida Panthers games. He goes to Miami Hurricanes games. He goes to concerts, and he says he uses SeatGeek. Even though he already used the promo code FFT, he still gets great deals on SeatGeek. And, and you will too because SeatGeek goes out and finds the best seats, finds the best values for you, makes it very, very easy to just use your phone and go to a game. You're two clicks away from, from going to a game basically when you have the SeatGeek app. So – uh, every purchase, by the way, fully guaranteed. I strongly recommend that you need to download it for sports, for concerts, for comedy, for theater. Our promo code is FFT for 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and use the promo code FFT. You guys have a nice uh, holiday weekend? Sure. I know what you're talking about. Oh, you didn't have one. Right. I had a very nice holiday weekend. Exactly. Oh, you're saying it. Oh. I did. I had a nice holiday weekend. Well, went to a wedding. Weddings are always fun. Played HQ at the wedding. You, you played HQ at the wedding. Yeah, like you, the actual game, or was it like a bride and groom version of HQ? No, no, no. Yeah, like the wedding was was. So you were bored whiny. at the wedding, so you no, went to we your just, phone we just to found, find something to do. <laughs> we, there were like three of us playing HQ. You ever play? You no. Play. Did you play Temple Run and Candy Crush <laughs> there too? <laughs> I would have. Um, now I'm kind of obsessed. All right, so here we go with the sleepers. Did you win any money? No, I've never won money. I've never gotten more than like six questions right. It's very difficult. Um, early sleepers starting with Marcus Mariota. All right. And Patrick Mahomes, another quarterback on the list. All right. Mariota was two years ago. I think he was the number 14 quarterback. Last year, he was the number 21 quarterback. New offensive coordinator. Jamie, why are you uh, excited about Mariota as a sleeper? It's just the upside that if he returns to his form from two years ago, you're getting great value for a guy who's going to go obviously very late because I don't think anybody's excited about Marcus Mariota like we were last year. So Matt LaFleur, the new offense coordinator's last two stops, he's worked with the MVP two years ago and Matt Ryan and was a big part of Jared Goff's turnaround last year. I still think there are good weapons for the Titans. I still think it's a great offensive line in Tennessee. And so Mariota the last two years has averaged about 330 rushing yards per game. 
If he could stay in that range. Wow, it's a lot per game. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, a season. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I apologize. Um, if he can get to close to 4,000 yards passing, I don't know if that's realistic, but let's just say 3,500 plus and get back to a 25 touchdown guy like he was two seasons ago when he threw 26, then I think he's going to be one of these guys that we look at and say, great number two quarterback who I ended up starting most weeks during the season. He had almost 3,500 passing yards in 2016. Wasn't too far off last year in 15 games, and he only had 15 games two years ago too. And really, it was the touchdowns, right? Like that was the biggest bugaboo with him is that he Most only 26 scored to 13, yeah. 13 touchdowns last year. It's mm-hmm. gross. Oh, passing, right? Yeah, yeah he, had five, passing. he had five rushing touchdowns. And, yeah. and you know, uh, our colleague Pete Prisco talked about this a lot from beginning of the season to the end of the year that he just never looked right. You know, maybe coming off the broken leg and then the hamstring injury that he sustained, you know, certainly didn't help things. So he probably wasn't 100% healthy. And I think I heard something along the way that he had a shoulder problem and a back issue. So. And a quad issue in the playoffs. And a quad I mean, issue. It's kind of, I mean, that's a big thing. He's always freaking hurt. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, again, you're, you're looking at it from the standpoint, of, we talked about this on the last show, quarterback is very deep. Mm-hmm. And so which of the guys that you can get as a number two option can ascend to the number one ranks? And those were the two that I highlighted for this version of sleepers. I think both Mariota and Mahomes have that type of upside. Mariota, because we at least have seen it before. And the reason that, at least for me, why I liked him coming into last year was I thought, okay, having the year that he just had plus the weapons that he was given, the addition of Davis, you know, I thought Eric Decker would be a little bit better. Not that he was going to be a good fantasy option, but better for the offense. And Matthew's still playing a role. And they never got on the same page. All three guys. They were all hurt at various points, and Walker, once again, was their most consistent threat. Would you guys take Dak Prescott or Marcus Mariota? Prescott. Prescott, but not by much. Is it an easy call to take Garoppolo over Mariota? Yes. For me, yes. All right. At this point, who do you have ranked higher, Mariota or Luck? Luck. Luck. Okay, but, but by doesn't, one spot. doesn't mean he's not a sleeper. Just there are a lot he's, of good quarterbacks. Exactly. There's like – when you start talking about sleepers, you might be able to get – 22, 23 players deep at the position. So let me ask you a question. So week five was the Miami game that Mariota missed. That was a knee injury, right? Hamstring. Hamstring. Okay, right. So first, I'll give you a little optimism on the rushing yards. As Jamie mentioned, he's been around three, 312 to 349 rushing yards in each of his uh, last two seasons. A little bit of optimism. In his first four games before the hamstring injury, he averaged 29 rushing yards per game, Marcus Mariota. That's a 464-yard pace in 16 games. Then he comes back after the uh, after missing the Miami game. Here are his rushing yards. 0, 8, 6, 51, 5, 4, 23, 11, 4. And then his final two games, 24 and 60 rushing yards, and then 46 and 37 in the postseason. I think it's pretty easy to look at it and say when he was healthy, he was actually on a really good pace. But then after the injury, he was barely running. Um, and 46 and 37 rushing yards in two postseason games. So I, I think it's maybe borderline realistic to expect Mariota to, to set a career high as long as he stays healthy with more than 350 rushing yards. LaFleur has already talked about being more aggressive, throwing the ball down the field. That's not something we've seen a lot from him over the course of his early part of his career, mostly because I think of the offense. And also being a little bit more up-tempo with the offense as well, which is what you've heard the Titans say. The players have said that. You yeah. know, we're, we're better when – we're in this hurry-up mode, and that's not something that Malarkey encouraged. So I think that you'll see that a more aggressive approach, which will probably lend itself to him being more aggressive as well. Okay, our next sleeper is Pat Mahomes. 
for Patrick Mahomes. And he is of the Kansas City Chiefs, and he played one game last year. He scored 10 fantasy points in Week 17 against the Broncos. Alex Smith was the number four quarterback in fantasy. I, is Pat Mahomes even being drafted in our drafts? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he is. Late he did day. not go in the in the standard one. He went in the PPR one. Okay. Which is backwards. You'd expect him to maybe go in the standard yeah. one and yeah. not the PPR I, one. I think just for anybody looking at our drafts right now, you know, I know we said it when we did the when we did the draft review, um, we're doing this a little bit blind. Yes. Because of our draft room is not set up yet, but our rankings are set up. So it's a little bit of a different process, how we usually go about drafting, how most people go about drafting. So there's going to be a lot of players, not a lot of players, there's going to be a few players that slip through the cracks. And I think he was one of them in the first one, to your point, Dave. It would be more likely that he goes in a standard draft than a PPR. Yeah. Uh, well, Dave, how do you feel about Pat Mahomes? Where do you have him ranked? I've got him 19th among quarterbacks. Who's in that range? Uh, I've got him behind Rivers, Goff, Carr, and Matt Ryan. And he's ahead of Alex Smith, Mariota, Dalton, Eli Manning, Blake Bortles, that group. I think he's draftable. There's there's going to be a lot of hype around him six months from now. And once we see him go out there and play, and if he looks good, and if Tyreek Hill is healthy, and if Travis Kelsey is healthy, this offense could really produce some big numbers. He's got a strong arm. He's He's a big dude. And I think he'll be able to make just about every single throw that they'll ask of him. I don't see them taking a very conservative approach with their offense just because he's inexperienced. They've clearly hitched the wagon to him. And uh it's really going to come down to just how deep they go. And I thought they threw deep a decent amount last year, for Alex Smith anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think there's going to be more of that this year. And it's it's going to come down to just how many good decisions he ends up making. Okay, uh, who do you think has more upside, Mahomes or Mariota? Mahomes. Oh, easy, Mahomes. I, I think, Mahomes is top 12 upside. I think Mahomes could be Wentz. Like the leap that Wentz, meant for, Wentz took from rookie year to second year, we just haven't seen it from Mahomes. But I, I do think that you're looking at a guy that everyone's going to put on their draft board, fantasy-wise, late-round pick. And then if things click, there's a lot of upside. Like you said, Alex Smith was the number three quarterback. He's got more... Big play potential than Alex Smith does. Um, maybe not the consistency, maybe not the lack of interceptions because Smith is, is as conservative as you get. But you look at what this kid did in college. And that performance against Denver, it's hard to gauge because he didn't have Tyree Kill. He didn't have Travis Kelsey in the yeah. game. He was playing in Denver. You know, it was week 17. You don't know how much Denver was trying because they were clearly out of it. But, but their starters were playing. Uh, but, but playing and trying, you know, I think it's a, it's a different scenario if it's week 10 versus week 17. You know what that team has. It was a good play. performance. I mean, it was only it, ten fantasy points. It was. He didn't score any touchdowns. Two hundred eighty-four yards. It was an excellent performance and like sixty-two percent completion percentage. Yeah. And, and and showed you the things that he's capable of doing. You know, escapability in the pocket, throwing the ball down the field, eyes down the field. You know, uh, he made Albert Wilson look like a star that game. And so, if they can get another player there, you know, I mean, maybe Wilson because if there's some connection from those two guys working together. Yeah, Wilson's a free um, agent. They'd have to resign him. Um, okay, so if you know, just I mean, we're talking about free years. You know, just upgrading that. That second spot, um, you know, plus what they do with their backs out of the backfield, you know, it, it could be a, a very fun offense. So he should be on everyone's radar. All right, let's go to some running back sleepers. It's Devontae Booker and Marlon Mack. Well, as of right now, as of February 20th, who are you more excited about, Devontae Booker or Marlon Mack? I mean, I have Mack ranked higher just because he's the, you know, right now the only guy on the team. Yeah. Um, as as their potential starter. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do, you know, if, if they go the, the Doug Martin route. 
you know, and, and just get a, <laughs> a, a crappy veteran um, to compete there, then Marlon Mack's got a ton of upside. If they go the Saquon Barkley route or, or draft somebody in the first, you know, two days, then Mack goes back to complimentary role. But I think he's going to get more work than he got as a rookie. Uh, we saw last year when he got 10 or more carries, he was successful. He had that three times. He had three games of double digits of fantasy points. So he's not a uh, uh, a starting fantasy option like what Booker could be if he gets that full-time role. Um, but I think there's probably more upside for Mac if you're just looking at it from their player standpoint. Yeah, Mac, uh, I don't know. You guys always seem pretty high on Like, always seem kind of excited about him. I never really thought he did anything last year. But look what he played with, though. I know. Like, he did have the three games. You said three games with nine or more carries. That's what I had. Ten or more carries. 10, 15, and 11 fantasy points. 10 touches, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. But he, you know, per carry basis, he wasn't very good in those games. But really, it's just like for both of these guys, for Booker and for Mack, the quarterback's going to make a big difference for these running backs. The last time Andrew Luck was healthy, Frank Gore was the number 12 running back in fantasy. In 2014, when Andrew Luck was healthy, Ahmad Bradshaw caught six touchdowns. See, that this is the kind of role I could see him having, is catching passes out of the backfield and at a high level. Yeah. So I think even if they added, let's just say they drafted Barkley, you know, in in, in the, the first round, um, I still think he's going to have a, enough of an opportunity that you'll take him with a late round pick. They Frank have... Reich's last three seasons as a assistant coach has seen him with teams where they use multiple running backs. Three years ago, it was with the Chargers, Melvin Gordon, Danny Woodhead. Last two years with Philadelphia, they've obviously had guys go in and out, but Sproles had a big role in there. Corey Clement had a big role in the Super Bowl. Um, and, and there was never really one guy in Philadelphia. And they tried to make one guy with the Chargers with Melvin Gordon. As you know, that year, 2014, he didn't, or 2015 rather, he didn't score any touchdowns. <laughs> That's true. Um, how do you feel about Booker? Because this is a guy who really hasn't yeah. been that good. He had a six-game stretch. This is kind of deceiving, right? So he had a six-game stretch in 2016, his rookie year, Booker. With 19 carries per game, an average of 19 carries per game, feature back for six games. He averaged 3.1 yards per carry. He did not do well. However, in fantasy, he did very well. Eight or more fantasy points in standard scoring leagues in five of the six games. One game really bad, two points. But, you know, he got a lot of work. He scored touchdowns. It was that simple. Um, yeah, what do you think? I mean, it, would a quarterback solve most of the problems? Just open the offense up a little bit? And- well, I mean, look, his rookie year, there was no quarterback, there was no offensive line. So he was, you know, basically in a disastrous situation. Last year, better offensive line, but he was sharing the ball. Bad quarterback play as well. Mm-hmm. You had C.J. Anderson and Jamal Charles part of the rotation. I think it, it, it's looking at it from, is he the guy without much competition? And from what the reports are out of Denver right now, that's the way they're viewing him. Now, they'll give D'Angelo Henderson some work. There's going to bring somebody else in and not going to just two tailbacks, obviously. But it's who they're bringing in. You know, and, and this is the hardest really position to figure out if you're trying to do this category. Sleepers. For now. Yeah. Because without free agency, without the draft, that position is going to change so much. Yeah. So this, this is really the struggle that I have with writing this. And so it's looking at guys that if there's somebody still brought in, can they have some value late? And can they have a stretch in part of the season where I think they'll be successful? So like Marlon Mack and Matt Breida, those are two guys that are on this list. And you could probably throw Booker in there as well. If there's competition brought in that's a, of a significant level, for you know, let's just say Le'Veon Bell gets free, you know, and goes to one of these teams. They, these guys are crushed. Saquon Barkley goes to one of these teams. They're they're probably in a bad situation. But can you still look at them with late round picks? And could they maybe have a a, a small window of opportunity to help your fantasy team? And I do think that there uh, uh, there's 
there's reason for upside with these guys, depending on how the ADP will shake out when we get them. Right. I. I have him ranked 34th, and I feel filthy. Booker? Yeah, I, I'm going to move him down. I can't draft him. I, there's no way I see him being the main guy there. I know that he's been in tough situations the last two seasons. He didn't do great with them. You're talking about him getting eight fantasy points in however many in games. Five out of six games, eight that, or more. That's good. It's not, but how many were with 10 or 12? Uh, two. Okay, so that's not that great. It's okay. It's serviceable. It's a guy I might want to have on my bench. It's not a guy that I want to take in round seven or eight. Yeah, I feel the exact opposite, just given the fact of what we've seen from guys. Like, Joe Mixon last year had a nine-game stretch where he was averaging nine fantasy points. Like, Booker could easily do that. Um, if he's you know, given the chance. Well, that's the thing. That That's that's the conversation. If he's given the chance, then you, there there's upside. If he's not given the chance, then there's no reason to even consider him. But I, I, I think what the, you know, just following the tea leaves, getting rid of C.J. Anderson frees up cast breaks. Are they going to spend money on that position? Probably not. Who will they draft? That's the question, you know. Yeah. So if they do draft somebody of significance, you know, can that guy beat out Booker? Can that guy beat out Henderson? Then obviously Booker's not worth drafting in the spots you're talking Does about. Does his but age bother you? Not now. I mean, okay. 25, no. He's 26 when next season starts. All right, Cameron Meredith and Sterling Shepard are a couple of wide receivers that Jamie has on the sleeper list. Let's start with Cameron Meredith. And I already gave out the stat. He Look, he, when he got the opportunity, when he got the targets in 2016 – Cameron Meredith was really, really good. I mean, four games with 100 receiving yards out of six games with nine or more targets. So that's excellent. And he'll be entering his third season, his fourth year. Missed all of last year. Um, but uh, go ahead, Jamie. Take it away. Your thoughts on Cameron Meredith. Well, first he's got to stay there. He's a restricted free agent. But that uh, obviously is a team that needs desperate, desperate help at the wide receiver spot. Their number one guy last year was Kendall Wright. Their number two guy was Josh Bellamy. Those two guys combined for two touchdowns. So it's a it's a spot that needs a huge upgrade. They they can't go even if just you know bringing back Meredith, hoping Kevin White can stay healthy, and then trying to piece this together. So if he's the number one guy there, then that that helps his fantasy cause. But this is this is a team that's going to be better offensively just because of a philosophy change, you know, a coaching change. You know, I don't think you look at them and say they're the Rams. You know that that Trubisky makes the second year leap that Jared Goff did because that's not realistic, and I don't know if Nagy has the is Nagy or Nagy. I always get Nagy. We think it's Nagy. If Nagy has the uh, the the same upside as a play caller that even Sean McVay did, but um, they'll be better just by default. And I think having Meredith on the field is is something that based on where you're going to be able to draft him because nobody's going to be excited about him. Uh, like you said, Adam, two years ago, he was, uh, he, he was a good find as a free agent for fantasy owners. Last year, he was somebody that at least I know I was touting as a sleeper before the injury. And, and here we go. Um, you know, he, if, as long as he's back at 100%, uh, where you should be able to draft him should pay big dividends. I'm sure he's going to stay in Chicago because he's not going to take a lot of money off their cap number. Well, as somebody a restricted else, free agent. Somebody else trying to get him. I don't know if any other teams are really going to chase him. No matter what. Sure. Even if the Bears use if the Bears use the second round tag on him, no one's taking him. Right. And then he's playing there for less than two million dollars or whatever it is. It might be more than two, but not that much more. I love his catch rate. Sixty eight percent over the course of his career. Good size. I don't think he's a number one type of receiver. But this is a team that might not they're either going to put a rookie they're either going to draft a rookie really early and put him on the field along with Meredith, or they're going to sign somebody in free agency and it's not going to be anybody great. I don't think it's going to be Allen Robinson or anything like that. And Meredith will be kind of a de facto number one wide receiver for that team. And I think if you give him 110 targets, he's catching 68 of them, or 68% of them, it's right around 70 catches then. Over the course of the season, 
And if he averages 13 yards per catch on top of that, that's that's going to be a nice number, and he's going to get some targets in the red zone. Now, I was going to ask you Cameron Meredith or this other guy. Then I checked your rankings, and you don't really have them very close. You have Meredith well behind, but Heath has them back-to-back. And that other guy is Des Bryant. So how close do you think the gap is between Cam Meredith and Des Bryant? I mean, just because they're like 20 spots apart in your rankings, that – it's a big group that could be somewhat interchangeable. They're not, they're not quite 20. Spots. I mean, if you're, if you're asking me to pick which one I'd rather have on my fantasy team in a vacuum, it's Dez. Right. But the draft, I mean, it might be like seven rounds difference. I saw an interesting video last week. All of Dez Bryant's incompletions. And while there were a decent amount of drops on there, Dak was way off yeah. on a lot of passes. And anybody who watched the Cowboys closely last year knows this already. But for those who didn't, there's a reason why Des didn't have such a great year, and I think Dak was a huge reason why, or That's a huge factor in that. Just mm. passes way behind him or way over his head. Hmm. Interesting. All right. So, how many rounds apart do you, would they have to be for you to want Meredith more than Des? Is that a stupid question? They'll well, be. They'll be at least five rounds apart. I, that's what I'm. And I'd thinking. rather have Meredith. I think five rounds later. Well, you're drafting yeah. Meredith but, yeah. as like at best a number three receiver. If not your number four, and he's clearly got potential to be better than that. Whereas when you're drafting Des, it's probably going to be as a number two wide receiver, and you're hoping he can come through at that level. All right. So who do you who would you rather have, Cam Meredith or the next guy on Jamie's breakout or sleepers list, early sleepers list, Sterling Shepard? I have Shepard higher, but I could change my tune on that. And the reason why is because I, I think he's going to end up being the number three pass catcher in that offense. Odell's going to be number one. Oh, that goes without saying. And I think Evan Ingram's going to be number two. And then how much left is there going to be for right. Sterling Shepard? You think that goes without saying? I think he might be the number two. He's going to be the number two receiver. Well, But Evan Ingram is basically a receiver who he plays should have more he'll catches. Have more, he'll, have more, he'll have more targets. It's just a I'm matter not of so sure. will his production be better. The thing that I like about Shepard like is he's entering his third season. I think he's done enough in his first two years that he could take a, a, a leap. I don't know how big of a leap, but... You know, maybe it's the Devin Funches sleep, you know, just with – well, that's probably not a fair comparison because he's done more in his first two years than, than Funches did. But um, he, he could he could certainly improve in his third year. And I like the fact that the guy who's now in charge of the, the play calling just came from a team that supported two wide receivers in the tight end and a good clip for fantasy. You know, I mean, Pat Shermer had Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, and Kyle Rudolph as all startable fantasy options. And so I, I think when you look at Shepard and the rapport that he has with Eli um, – He's going to see single coverage as long as those guys are healthy. And there's just upside there, you know, based on where he's going to be drafted. So I, I think people kind of look at it and say, he's the third guy. It's Eli Manning. Giants aren't very good offensively. Offensive line's a disaster. But he'll have enough good moments that you're not drafting him to be a starter for 16 weeks on your fantasy team or 14 weeks in your fantasy team. But he could be probably a five- or six-week starting option type of guy as long as he stays healthy because last year was a struggle for him based on the injuries. Yeah, Shepard played in 11 games last year. He had 731 yards and two touchdowns. And he only had three games with more than seven fantasy points in Start standard scoring Philly. leagues. Oh, yeah, always <laughs> against Philly in Philly. But each of those three games, he had 133 or more receiving yards. Big, big games. And a good success rate when the targets were above eight. Now, how many times are you going to have more than eight targets in a game when Odell and Evan are you know, clicking? That remains to be seen, but uh, there'll be a few. Remember when Ruben Randall used to be good every year against Philly at home? Every year. Mm-hmm. Two or three times. <laughs> every time. Okay, and some tight ends. George Kittle and David Njoku. We're going to save the best for last. And we're going to go with George Kittle first, and then David Njoku. All right, George Kittle 
I think my favorite stat about Kittle is that Jimmy Garoppolo threw a touchdown to a tight end in each of the last four games of the season. Yep. Two to Selleck, two to Kittle. Uh, but Kittle had a really well, nice I think finish. Kittle only had one. He had 100 yards or a touchdown in two of his last five Oh, games. really? Hmm. I think you're right. Yep. Stupid idiot. Adam. But, but it, in, in four of his last five starts, he either threw a touchdown to a tight end or had a guy go over 100 yards at the position. Okay. So there it is. It's, uh, my bad. It, it's, it's, it's a position I think that he favors. Now, obviously, you're looking at it and saying, does he favor the tight end or was there nobody else there? Because it was Marquise Goodwin, Aldrick Robinson as the top two uh, wide receivers. Trent Taylor was the third guy. So there, there wasn't a lot to like about that receiving core. Yeah. They're getting Garcon back. Goodwin will still be there. There's probably going to be something of an upgrade. You would hope, you know, big time free agent, probably not. Um, but could there be a Jarvis Landry? You know, that's a spot that he's maybe looking at. Um, is there going to be a rookie of significance there? Uh, but I do think that Kittle showed enough last year that you can look at him and say, late round pick, not necessarily somebody I want to draft as a starter, but could be somebody to open the season as a streaming option if it flop, if he flops, and maybe it's just a, a situation of them being better across the board at the receiver spot, then, uh, then you can move on from him. But he's, he's absolutely in the conversation of, uh, taking a second tight end or streaming him to open the season. Yeah, I'd love to know who the 49ers begin the season against. Now, if they're playing at Seattle week one, I'm probably not going to be very excited about streaming George Kittle. But if he's got a nice matchup for the first week or two of the first three weeks of the season, uh, I'd be excited about him. And, again, remember where Jimmy Garoppolo came from? He learned that tight end is part of, you know, you know it, it's funny how that how a great quarterback can perform. It's funny you say that because I went back and looked when I was writing this uh, what Garoppolo did with the Patriots tight ends in his two – Two and a half starts um, before he got hurt when he was replacing and Brady. It was probably well, Gronk didn't play in the first game right. uh, against Arizona that game. And against the Dolphins, the game that he got hurt, I guess it was one and a half games, the game that he got hurt, Martellus Bennett was having a good game, but it's hard to know. I, I didn't exactly see the split of um, Garoppolo versus Brissett and, and Bennett, but I do remember I think Bennett caught a big pass against the Dolphins. I think he, he connected with him well in that game. I, look he, it up he's got the you. same He's got the same catch rate as Cameron Meredith. He's at 68% last season. His targets are sure to go up. He only had 63 in uh, in 15 games. So I, I love this call. And tight end to me is going to end up becoming um, awful. No, yes. no. I it's think, always, it's I think, always awful. No, I These think there's – No, have they don't suck. We have this conversation every year that this is the year. That I, I, I mean, no, always... I'm not saying that this is the year, but I am saying that it, it's going to be okay if you don't get one of the big three tight ends. Yeah, but last show you were saying that you're going all in on tight end and drafts. You were. You I was were, saying that a couple of weeks ago that I want to try and get one at a fair right. value. If I don't, I'm not going to freak out because of guys like Kittle and Najoku. They have upside. It's going to be easier right. to figure out Najoku once we know what the quarterback situation is in Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, Najoku, I guess you got to be a little concerned. In five games with Josh Gordon, his targets were six, then two, three, three, three. So that's not good, but everything's going to be different next year. Cleveland had, uh, I was surprised only the 22nd fewest, or 20, 22nd in passing guards per game. I thought they'd be worse than that. But they threw the fifth fewest passing touchdowns. They should have a better passing game. Um, yeah, Najoku didn't really do much last year, but we know he's talented. We know he's a bit of a project too. He, he started playing football very late. Uh, you know, not, didn't play growing up as a child. So we knew he was a bit of a project. Uh, we can excuse his rookie season. I think, you know, and, and you'll see it in, in the breakouts story as well. So I have, um, Several young tight ends in there. Adam Shaheen and OJ Howard are two breakout tight ends I have because I think there's more upside for those two guys than there is for Kittle and for uh, Njoku. 
But I think all four of those guys are are tight ends that you look at as if you are inclined to draft two, those four are perfect, especially if Brait leaves Tampa Bay. Um, and all four have the chance to be top ten caliber guys. So to what Dave was talking about, there is some depth at the position this year for fantasy owners that if you don't necessarily want to spend an early pick on Gronk or take a you know mid round pick on on one of the you know retread guys of Rudolph or Walker or, you know any of those guys because at some point they may start to fade. I I think these are guys that you know even take two of them. You know you you can take a Shaheen and a Kittle. You can take a Najoku and and Howard and and hopefully one of those guys hits. Okay, I'm in the process of looking up this very fascinating Jimmy Garoppolo to Martellus Bennett thing. I can tell you that his first two passes of to Martellus Bennett of the game, two yards, forty, two catches, forty six yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, so that, that's enough, right? Yeah, now. okay. Yeah. The, the, Good. I, 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 I knew there was something early in the this. game. <laughs> I knew I knew they connected at one point in the game. Um, so of of his two starts with the Patriots, one was good for the Titans. Yeah, excellent. All right, good stuff on uh, some sleepers for you. The rest of the list is available, cbssports.com slash fantasy. cbssports.com slash fantasy. Check it all out. Ready for some emails? Let's do yeah. it. Yeah, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. This is from Tyler in Maple Grove, Minnesota. This sounds so nice. Dear Case. Sounds sweet. Yeah. Dear Case, Teddy, Sam, and Kyle. Those are. Who be Kyle? Rudolph. Oh, all right. Well, he's not a quarterback. Unless they have a fourth quarterback whose name is also Kyle. They might. I want to know who's on their practice squad. All right. I'll Thank you, up. Dave. How highly do you value quarterbacks in a 10-team, half-PPR, super-flex league? Does a guy like Deshaun Watson or Carson Wentz or Jared Goff become a low first or early second round pick? So it's a super-flex league. Can start. It really depends. It depends on your philosophy. Whenever I'm in a super flex, I I want to read over the scoring just to make sure I want to do this. Most but of them, I think you'll find their four points for passing touchdowns. Is and if it's PPR, then that further pushes it's down half. the demand. I think this is a good year where you don't have to take two quarterbacks with your first three picks. Now, if it just so happens that everybody else in your league is thinking that same way, and it's round three, and somebody like Drew Brees is still there. You take them in a, in a league where you can start two quarterbacks. But outside of that, you can definitely wait this year. The quarterback that he mentioned is named Kyle. Kyle Slaughter. No relation to A.C. Slaughter. Or Sergeant. Or Sergeant. Sergeant. Wow, Sergeant. you with the wrestling and he, he doesn't yeah, know right. the wrestling. And me with Saved by the Bell. <laughs> well, it's spelled S-L-O-T-E-R. By the way, you just, you just sang. And one of our coworkers looked over here at you like you're crazy. Uh, well, I mean, that's... I live it's alone. factual. And when I say that, I mean me. 100% of the people <laughs> in my office at home think I'm crazy. That would be my wife. Paul from... I, that would be your cat. Oh, yeah. No, she she's crazy. Paul from uh, Niagara Falls, Ontario. Sounds beautiful there. As uh, beautiful as Maple Grove, Minnesota? I've actually been in Niagara Falls. It is very nice. I heard you had a girlfriend once from Niagara Falls. I did? We wouldn't know her. What? That's from Breakfast Club. Uh, I'll tell you something about Breakfast Club. No, you don't like it. Not good. Oh, God. <laughs> Here's what I think. I'm sure if I grew up in the 80s, mm-hmm. I would have loved it. I saw The first it. half was awesome. I always – like anytime the first half of The Breakfast Club is on, I, I, I can't I, – I'm sucked in. But once they get to that emo part in the second half, yes, I'm, I'm the, out. The second they start like crying – The principal is the best part. Bender and principal. Like, like if, if that was the whole movie, I would, I would watch 90 minutes of Judd Nelson and – 
uh, the actor who played. I Dick forgot Turner. to mention, I met a fraternity brother of yours. Oh no! He said that uh, he thinks you look like an owl. <laughs> You're supposed to say it. who, <laughs> and then I then I laugh because you said who. Damn it, man! I can never nail that joke. Oh, it's because you're not three. So much potential. Um, all right, here's the question. Did you actually meet a fraternity? No, no, it's total, total lie. Twelve team standard league with two keepers. We're going from two receivers to three receivers. So I need help with uh, who to keep. Standard scoring: Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Keenan Allen. Who do you guys like? Three receiver league: Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Keenan Allen. I think he's throwback Mixon. Yeah. I don't. Oh, two keepers. Oh. That makes it well, easy. if he needs three keepers and he's only giving <laughs> us three names, one. I don't think he's sending us. <laughs> I thought no, one. this is easy. If it's two, and you keep Cook and Allen, but if you only keep one, do you keep Cook or Allen so, in a three receiver league? I, I think the more the more interesting part of this is if we get to he's got to make his decision by July, and Cook has not done anything OTAs yet. You know, well and, by and, July, oh, if he hasn't done anything, right? Like right. If, if he's like he misses all the if he's waiting workouts, for training yeah. camp, and you have to make that call. Mix is not a bad fallback option, clearly. Yeah. Uh, John from Toronto. Hey, Alexander, Aaron, George, and Hercules. No nice things to say about Toronto? I've been there. It's cool. I liked it. Um, so rank the three cities in terms of niceness. Niagara Falls. Okay. Maple Grove, Minnesota. All right. So never, you hate Toronto. Been. I yeah, see. I hate Toronto. <laughs> You're uh, picking a city you've never been to over Toronto. Alexander, Aaron, George, and Hercules are main characters from the Hamilton musical, dot, 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 and American history, I guess. Yes, John. Hercules uh, is part of American uh, history? I don't know who that is. You know who Hercules is? I'm assuming there's a historical person named Hercules. I from, think it's from Greek. Yeah. No, no, no. These are characters in Hamilton. No, right. no that I'm, I understand. Right. American history. But American history. But Unless he means Hercules from the WWE. Hamilton is about American history. I'm so guessing there's a guy named America? Hercules. I don't know. I don't know the history. Could it be a horse? Maybe. I don't know. All right. Question. I've, uh, you got it? All right. Uh, I've recently been invited to join Skonchen. a, a pre-existing dynasty league to take over for a team. Beyond the usual things like scoring oh. and rosters, what are some rules that a new dynasty player should ask about when joining a pre-existing league? Things I thought of so far. Rookie draft rules, salary caps, and off-season trading. What would you want to know if you were? Well, first things first. Who's on my team? Well, okay. the said, team. The team he said, that he said over beyond the usual things like scoring and rock. Okay, 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 okay. I'm now, too busy. Come on, Hercules. Figuring out. No, I've I've found who it is. Who maybe is it? Hercules Mulligan. Yeah, I don't know an Irish American tailor and spy during the American Revolutionary War. Cool. He was a member of the Sons of Liberty. Oh, very nice. Okay, so yeah, what would you want to know if you were joining a league, taking over a team? Rookie draft rules, salary caps, off-season trading, all very important things. Uh, yeah, that, that for the most part has it covered. Right? Who's Trades. the dumbest person in the league so you know who to trade with? Yeah, what's the trading, not just off-season, but what's the trading policy during the season? He's also getting into IDP. You didn't mention that. Do you want to Any primer that? tips for someone to get started in IDP? Definitely want to know what the scoring is there and how many you need to start. Most of the time, if, if you're starting more than – the cursory two or three IDPs that most leagues have, you can find good talent off the waiver wire. You shouldn't prioritize them. You can prioritize the elite players at each position, but otherwise you don't have to worry. Okay. Thank you for the email, for the history lesson, John. Hercules Mulligan. Al from Flag City, USA. Dear Hugh, Todd, Greg, and Amos. Those are Browns coaches. 
I have two wide receivers that I'm planning to keep, Allen Robinson and T.Y. Hilton. Both could be ranked considerably higher or lower at the start of the season, both Allen Robinson and T.Y. Hilton. Should I try and move one or both now or hang tight and hope for positive news? Only if you get a really good offer because everyone, if they're going to try and trade for those guys, they're going to do it trying to get them on the cheap. Robinson, we may yeah. know by the time you're listening to this what his status is because he get the franchise, franchise tag. tag. Yeah. Yeah. True. He's probably going to stay in Jacksonville. And T.Y. Point, Hilton's though. probably going to stay in Indianapolis. It's hard to find two players whose values can change mm-hmm. more than, than these two. Well, at wide receiver. Robinson and Hilton. Uh, all right. Doug then. Martin's changed. It did change. It did. He went from a crappy running back on a team that might use him to a crappy running back where no one's going to use him. <laughs> no, no. He'll be using the XFL. Um, the XFL. You guys going to watch the XFL? Would you watch? Yeah. Of course. It's football. What are you? Some Do you watch the CFL? If if it were if it were easier to watch then yes, I like to see if. But when is it? Isn't it on like at best once a week on ESPN? Like the great isn't the great cup on ESPN? It's on. I see it on, but it's like right before college football and NFL starts. So it's like I watch the zany cousin the of the void. NFL. I think it's right. It's then. I don't even know. It is. It is kind of weird. There are some crazy rules. Tim also, Tebow handing off to Doug Martin is going to be fun. I would watch Tebow. I, I also. Uh, now, I watched the XFL. I went to a sports bar when the XFL debuted back in last like, time you went to a sports bar. <laughs> no, I've been to many times a sports bar. Not on Sundays. Many times a sports. I've bar. been with you. I don't know what that was. <laughs> I think we can, I was there we can when, end it now. I was at a sports bar when Cameron Meredith tore his ACL. I had to race home. Do you? Are you going to use the owl joke on your kid or anything like that? It's funny, isn't I'll it? I'll be sure not to. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well done. Congratulations, Jamie. Good stuff, man. Well, congratulate you on Thursday. Thank you. We're yeah, very excited for you. And um, I'm going to let you take home some podcast equipment in case you have withdrawals. No. All right. I tried. Thank you for, for listening, you everybody. Beans? Yes. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you uh, maybe later this week. This might be a one-show week, but that will be very rare. We'll mostly be two shows per week during the offseason. Uh, so I hope to speak to you later this week. If not, it will be early next week. Have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you later. Bye.